Hello, my friend. I'm so glad that you could take some of your time and join us for our Essentials series. Today we are in study number six, as we are going to look into the promise of our righteousness. Let's consider where our essentials are being drawn from. You remember that it is Jesus who said, Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And then Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom then is righteousness peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, these are essentials not only because they have been promised and paid for through the Lord Jesus Christ, but also because when we as God's people walk in our righteousness, our peace, and our joy in the Holy Ghost, we are divinely empowered, first of all, to successfully navigate our lives through this present world. Secondly, we are empowered to overcome all, every power of darkness that would ever rage against us. Thirdly, when we walk in our righteousness, our peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, we are able then to shine forth to our generation the goodness, the glory, the life, the very nature of God to our world. And then very importantly, we, when we walk in these essentials, are empowered to increase and to advance and to establish God's kingdom kingdom in the nations of the world. You know, the Bible calls us as the righteousness of God. We are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. The word ambassadors mean we are of the highest ranking official representing one kingdom to another kingdom. As ambassadors of Christ, we want as many people to find Jesus Christ as possible, to come out of the powers of darkness and the oppressive rule of the spirit of this age, and for people to to come into the kingdom of God and live in that freedom, in that peace and joy and righteousness, the way that God has intended for all of his creation of humankind to live and enjoy this life, which is only found, of course, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the promise of righteousness has been revealed over and over again throughout the word, primarily through the blood of the Lamb. One time in particular, when uh, God spoke to Joshua, remember Joshua is the one who finally led God's people over the Jordan River into the promised land. Well, when they were going to go into the promised land, there was a city that needed to be conquered for the people of God. It was a city called Jericho. Now, Jericho was a fortified city. It, it was surrounded by walls that were so thick that they would race chariots on, on on top of the walls. Well, when these two spies went in to spy out Jericho, they went into the home of a lady by the name of Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. She was a notorious sinner who had no covenant with God, but what she did have was tremendously important. You say, what was that? She had an understanding of who the God of Israel really is. And this is what she spoke to these two spies in Joshua chapter 2. She said, we heard how your God dried up the waters of the Red Sea when he brought you out of Egypt. He said, she said, when we heard about this, we had no courage left within us. We know that you, the people of Israel, empowered by your God. There's nothing impossible for you. She said, now I've shown you kindness because she protected these two spies when they were being sought out by the citizens and the, the leaders of Jericho. She had hid them and kept them safe. 
She said to these two spies, because I have shown you this kindness, I'm asking for something in return. I've showed you that I believe you and I trust you and I trust in the power of your God. Would you do something for me? They said, we will. What is it that you're asking? She said, I want you to show me mercy and kindness when the time of conquering comes. I want to read it specifically now, friends, for us. This is a very, very powerful insight into the promise of our righteousness. In Joshua chapter 2, verse 12, she said, Now, I pray to you, swear to me by the Lord your God, that when the conquering happens, you will show kindness to my father's house and give me a sure sign. Save alive my father, my mother, my brothers and sisters, and all that they have, and deliver us from death. Rahab asked these two spies, Because I have shown you kindness, will you show your kindness to me? And the answer that these spies gave is profound. They said, we will. Our life for yours. In other words, if any harm comes to you or to your family, let that be upon us because we are swearing to you your safety with our very lives. I love how Rahab said it. She said in verse 12, she said, can you give me a sure sign? Another way of saying that is, can you give me a promise that when the conquering comes, when the, the forces come against us from the north, south, east, and west, and trouble is raging from every direction, can you give me a promise of safety? They said, here is what we must ask you to do. When we come in to take the land, you shall bind this scarlet cord to the window through which you have let us down. And you will bring your father and your mothers, your brothers, your sisters, all into your household. And where whoever is in that house where we see the scarlet cord uh, has been bound to the window or to the doorpost there, Anyone in that house will be kept safe. But if anyone, it says in verse 19, goes outdoors and into the street, his blood will be upon his own head. We, we cannot protect anyone who goes outside of the parameters of that scarlet cord. So there are a number of things here that I believe are essential First of all, I would like to acknowledge what Rahab is asking for. It's precious and it's profound. She said to these two spies, would you come and save my father's house? And I'm asking that you would protect and save my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters. You know, my friend, if, if we were to be able to really take opportunity to listen to the cry of our own heart. And I'm saying that because it's difficult in this present day with, with voices and sound and noise 24-7 coming into our ears. It is very difficult, but so important to truly listen to the cry of our own heart. This is what Rahab did. She, from her own heart, she said, 
I'm not asking you to just save me. I'm asking you to save my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters. Today, I'm, I'm asking you, Father, to save my sons and save my daughters. It's not enough just that I want to be set free from the oppressive rule of the enemy. Lord, I'm asking you to save my, my family. Isn't this the cry of our hearts? If we know essentially what it is that God has promised, why would we not also want all of those whom we love and care deeply about to experience that same salvation and the empowerment that comes through all that is provided by God to us through His Son, Jesus Christ? Rahab said, I want you to save my whole family. I hear the cry of fathers and mothers today throughout the world. Lord, I'm asking you to have mercy upon my son have mercy upon my daughters sons and daughters crying out for mercy upon their parents their grandparents every generation needs what mercy and salvation saving and safety that can only be given through the Lord Jesus Christ the spies responded and they said when the conquering happens when the forces come against Jericho, where we see this scarlet cord bound to the window or the doorpost, we promise in that place there is protection and there's safety. Now, where did the spies get this idea? It, it was not new to them. It was new to Rahab, and it very well may be new to you as you're listening to this study today. But this is exactly what they had already experienced when Jehovah, the Almighty God, had brought them out of Egypt. Remember, God's people had been brought into captivity in Egypt under the oppressive rule of Pharaoh. They were slaves. They, they were held in bondage. This is a perfect picture in this day, our day, of me, of you, of anyone who lived in this world without yet giving their lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We were born into, if you want to say it this way, we were born into Egypt under the oppressive rule of the spirit of this age. The Bible literally says that without the salvation of Jesus Christ, we are slaves to sin. We are servants to the cravings of our flesh and our appetites of pride and, and selfishness and fear and torment. We're just, we're under the oppressive rule of the Pharaoh of this world, which the Bible calls the spirit of this age, who is Satan or the devil. But whoever the Son of God sets free is free indeed. Another scripture says, wherever the spirit of the Lord Jesus reigns, there is complete and total freedom. That freedom is found where the blood of Jesus Christ is applied by faith. And so, sure enough, when Joshua and all of the armies of Israel came and conquered Jericho, they saw the scarlet cord had been bound to Rahab's window, and everyone in that house was brought to safety. As a matter of fact, it goes on to tell us throughout history, Rahab actually was the great-great-great-grandmother of Joseph. Therefore, Jesus was brought into the very lineage of of Rahab who honored the blood of the covenant way back in the conquering of Jericho. In that same way, God said to Moses, 
for all of the people of God to come out of the rule of Pharaoh. It is time to let my people go. Moses, tell every household that they are to take a pure spotless lamb and they are they went through very specific preparation steps of that lamb but essentially what was to be done was they were to take the blood of that lamb and apply it to the doorpost and the side post of their homes. And God made this promise, just like he's like the Rahab said, can you give me a promise? God said, here's my promise. When the death angel passes over the, the, the city of Egypt, Wherever I see the blood of the lamb applied, the death angel will pass over and no harm will come to all who are inside. But tell everyone, don't go out into the street. Don't willingly leave the covering of the blood of the lamb. I remember when I was in college, one of my professors, we were kind of studying the the covenant that we have with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, you know, even to this day, there are people who shake their fist at God and uh, say, why would you ever send anyone to hell? And uh, why did you even create hell? And my professor said, first of all, God did not create hell for humans. That was for Lucifer and for the angels that decided that they were going to follow after Satan rather than follow God. God never intended for any human to be separated from him, much less for eternity. But also, God has never sent anyone to hell. Let me say it this way. No one will ever be in that place of what the word calls eternal misery because God rejected them. No. Every person who is there in eternal misery will only be there because they rejected God and the offering of His righteousness that He gave to them through His Son, Jesus Christ. Where we receive that promise, we must honor what it is God has said. He said, just like the spies told Rahab, anyone who is outside of that covering of the blood. Rahab, anyone who is not in your house where the scarlet cord has been applied, we cannot protect them there. See, we, we willingly go outside through sin, through rebellion, through disobedience, through whatever it may be. We compromise our side of the covenant of the blood of the Lamb, and then we shake our fist at God, blaming Him for the trouble that comes our way. My friend, stay in that place of not only applying the blood of Jesus Christ, Christ, but honoring His blood in your life, in your family, in your home, in your business. I, I want to say this uh, to, to you regarding the application of the blood of the Lamb. It is by faith, of course. As we grow in our understanding of the things of God, each one of us become more and more responsible for the knowledge we gain. Until your children are old enough to understand these truths, you have the God-given authority to apply the blood of the Lamb to their lives as well as your own.
But as our children go, grow older and they become more understanding, God holds each individual responsible for what we each one do with the blood of Jesus. And so, fathers, mothers, you who have small children or children who do not yet understand these principles of essentials and the promise of righteousness that we've been given through the blood of Jesus, take the opportunity, plead the blood of Jesus over your home, over your family, close every door to the spirit of this age and the powers of darkness that would try to infiltrate and bring fear and, and worry and disease and plague into your family. Individually, plead the blood of Jesus over your life, over your mind, your spirit, your soul, your body. I uh, personally am not anti-vaccination. I know that right now there is a, a huge debate that goes on pretty much hourly in our country anyway about whether you should receive the vaccination uh, against COVID-19 or you should not. I believe that each person has that individual privilege of choice. And whatever it is someone chooses, whether they get the shot or they don't, we should respect one another and stay in love toward one another rather than allowing the enemy to, uh, to divide us and to separate us over personal decisions that each one of us should have the prerogative to make. All I want you to know is the blood of the Lamb here demonstrated both in Exodus, where the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, and here in Joshua 2, where they were uh, taking the, the city of Jericho. Both instances reveal that the blood of Jesus is heaven's vaccination. Wherever the blood of the Lamb is applied, the Word of God says this, no weapon formed against you will prosper. It will be formed, but it will not be successful. Whether that, that weapon formed against you is psychological, whether it's physical, whether it's bio-terrorism, uh, whether it's um, uh, cyber-terrorism, uh, whether it's against your peace, your joy, your health, uh, whatever it may be, where the blood of Jesus is applied and honored by faith, the, the powers of darkness are broken. The word literally says, no plague can come near your dwelling where the blood of Jesus has been applied. We overcome the evil one, Revelation 12, 11 says, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, Jesus Christ has become our Passover. Wherever God sees the blood of the lamb applied, the powers of darkness, the powers of disease, the powers of fear and worry, anxiety and torment, they have all been dispelled and broken and brought to nothing because they are powerless against the unlimited power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Here in Romans, let me read this for us. In Romans chapter 3, the Word of God says, all who are justified and made upright and are in right standing with God. If, if you enjoy, by the way, that biblical definition of righteousness, right standing with God, 
It is because it has been given freely and gratuitously by His grace through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward before the eyes of us all as a mercy seat and a propitiation by His blood, the cleansing and the life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation that can only be received through faith. You cannot buy it. You cannot earn it. You cannot uh, obtain it any other way except by faith, that gift of faith that every human God has promised has within them receives this righteousness as a gift from God. The Word says here that this righteousness has been paid for through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no greater power in heaven or in earth than the blood of the Lamb, our Passover, Jesus Christ. You say, why? Because the blood of Jesus, which is the blood of righteous man, has been tested and proven and tried and then willingly offered to God, the judge of heaven and earth, the living and the dead, by the man Jesus Christ on our behalf. Remember when Jesus went to the cross, he had no sin, no iniquity, no disobedience to God of any kind. He had fulfilled the law perfectly and never sinned against God, not with his words, not with his mind, his attitude, or his actions, but in every way he lived holy before God, so that when he went to the cross, he had no sin of his own, whereby, 2 Corinthians 5.21, God then made him, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He did all of that for you. And for me, I ask again, what is the greater mystery that a righteous, holy, just God would offer so great a salvation or that fallen man in desperate need of saving would reject this gracious gift from God? I remember when reading in Genesis where God was speaking to Adam and he said, Abel's blood cries out to me for vengeance. This is something that I think reveals a powerful insight to the promise of our righteousness. That remember here in Romans 3 that we read, Jesus qualified his blood for 33 and a half years of being tempted in every way, yet never sinning, straining and, and laboring and doing all that was necessary to see it through to the finished work of the cross where he could willingly offer his qualified blood on your behalf to the mercy seat as the propitiation for your salvation and mine. That when he offered that blood to the Father, God received it as the final sacrifice for our salvation. See, up to that time, remember I said the, uh, the promise of righteousness has been revealed throughout Scripture. Well, in the Old Testament, it was revealed that without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sins. 
what that means is the people of God, the, the priest and the high priest, they would have to shed the blood of animals, whether it was a calf or a, a lamb or a pigeon, a dove. All of that shedding of blood was for the purpose of atoning for or covering the sins of God's people until the final sacrifice of the Lamb of God. We see how the, the Father provided His own Lamb that was pure and spotless for 33 and a half years. Not only uh, the blood of the Lamb of God, but the holy blood of man, the, the, where the first Adam lost everything through sin and deciding, I'm going to live my own way rather than following God in His way and His plan for my life. And so when sin came into the world, death came also with it. That death or separation from God passed upon all man so that we are all born virtually into Egypt under the oppressive rule of Pharaoh or Satan. We are all born in need of a way back to God. And so when God received the blood of our Passover, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, he said, that is perfect and enough. No blood need ever be shed again. Why? Because the blood of Jesus was more than enough. And to this moment, here we are in 2021, the blood of Jesus is in the presence of God on the mercy seat, speaking into the ears of God on your behalf and mine. You say, what is it speaking? Hebrews 12, 24 says, And Jesus, the mediator, the go-between between a holy God and fallen man, he has brought to us a new and living covenant. It is done through the sprinkling of his own blood, which speaks mercy a better and nobler and more grace, gracious message than the blood of Abel, which cried out for vengeance. God told Adam, he said, Abel's blood, who, who Abel, remember, was murdered by his brother uh, Cain. Abel's blood cries out to me for vengeance. Well, here in the New Testament, the word reveals that the blood of Jesus cries out to God for mercy for all who will put their faith in him and the work of his cross. The blood of Jesus is more than enough and to this moment cries out mercy, forgiveness, freedom, favor, the empowerment of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost for all of those who will put their faith in Jesus Christ. My friend, if you have gained the entire world, you possess all of the riches and the wealth and the things that this world offers, but you do not possess the righteousness that comes only through God's Son and our hope of salvation, Jesus Christ, my friend, I am here to tell you, you have nothing. All of the wealth of this world, all of the riches, if you gain everything, but you have lost your own soul into eternal misery, I'm sorry, 
that you have lost everything. But it need not be. The Bible says very simply, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. What that means is when you call upon Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I believe that you were crucified and that God raised you from the dead, and I declare that you are the Lord of my life, you are essentially saying, Lord, I apply the blood of the Lamb to the doorpost of my life, and I declare that your salvation, your safety, soundness, preservation, healing, deliverance, provision, heaven to come, belong to me. Not because I've earned it, not because I've bought it, not because I deserve it, but God, because of your mercy, demonstrated through the redemptive work of your Son, Jesus Christ, on my behalf. Paul said it this way, He said in Philippians 3, that I may actually be found and known as in Jesus Christ, not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own based on my obedience to the law's demands, ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God thus acquired. He Uh, He said, among everyone else that has ever lived under the law, I'm as qualified as anyone, maybe more, that I've obeyed the law to the nth degree. And even that, I have no confidence that in that moment where I will stand before the judge of heaven and earth, that it will be enough for my own salvation. Well, of course, the word of God reveals it's not enough, that even our own righteousness is as filthy rags before a holy God. Why? Because we are born into this world in the first Adam, which is why we must be born again into the last Adam, who is Jesus Christ, the Lord of righteousness. But that I would have, that I would possess as my own, that genuine righteousness, which comes through faith in Jesus Christ, that right standing with God, which comes from God by saving faith. Oh, Paul goes on to say that I would know him in the fullness of his sacrifice so that not only may my life be reconciled to the God who made me, but that I might live in fellowship with him and freedom from the powers of darkness that would rage against me and that I might show forth the good news of Jesus Christ and his saving power and offering of righteousness to all who believe in him to my generation and beyond. My friend, I encourage you, apply the blood of Jesus to the doorpost of your life today. I'll see you next time.